I will be the first to admit, though, that these songs that we've been doing for finding God on the radio are probably not on your radio. Um, although I was not here last week, I am well aware that Corey incorporated a song from the Decemberists. Were some of y'all hear the song from the Decemberists? Um, which is a band that I'm guessing that none of you have ever heard of. Am I right? None of you have ever heard of the Decemberists? Um, it's a band that none of you have ever heard of, and it's a band that I've hated for years. Um, so I'm kind of glad I missed that one. I kind of hate the Decemberists. Um, but I'll tell you this. The Decemberists probably are not on your radio. And the guy that I played for you during Offertory, he's probably not on your radio either. That's a guy by the name of William Matthews, which is a great artist that I enjoy. And uh, I think his music is beautiful. And in my meditation and prayer for this week, for this sermon, I couldn't help but see the parallels from this song and the last few verses of our eighth chapter of Romans. Because the words and the lyrics say, in these sleepless nights I can hardly breathe despite brutality that's all around me. And then our verses say this, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. It's almost as if when we can't breathe, that the Spirit breathes for us, the Spirit groans for us, the Spirit prays for us. And then the song says, In these desperate times, love will hold us here. Love will join our hands. It will teach us to have no fear. And then in verse 35, we read, Who will separate us from the love of God? Because in our desperation and in our fear, where can we cling but to the love of God? And then the song says, All in the love that dares us to see, that we'll all be free. So let the light in and keep it shining. Let's break through the darkness because the love dares us to see that we will all be free. And then verse 39 reminds us that neither height nor depth nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Love dares us to see that freedom. And Paul wants us to know this and that and up and down. And all creation cannot separate us from that love. So what are we learn? What are we to learn from the holistic part of this whole text? Because there's so many quotables, right, in this last little chapter, uh, uh, last little part of the chapter 8. We get the little clip that says, we have groans that can't be uttered, right? If you grew up in the tradition that I grew up in, you memorized that portion of Scripture right after John 3.16. Um, we, we did that and then in that verse. And then you have, um, if God is for us, then who can be against us? Anybody ever memorize that one? We will memorize that one pretty quick. If you're from the Reformed tradition, we have the very important, for he predestined, called, justified, glorified, and foreknew. You have that part of the text, which I know people that memorized that before John 3.16. Um, but I don't want to kind of dig into those verses. I want to sit in verses 37 through 39. Now, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, which is very quotable in and of itself. For I am convinced than neither death nor life nor angels nor things present or things to come. I want to sit in those verses today. Because if I was to be completely honest with you and tell you in my original reading of these verses, I was probably, even the first several times I preached these verses, I conveyed the idea of more than conquerors as like super conquerors. 
Anybody else ever kind of thought of it like that? Like, like magic conquerors, like Power Ranger kind of conquerors? Like we're not ragtag revolutionaries defending the British in 1776. We are Genghis Khan now, like, right? Like we are, we're magic conquerors now. That's kind of how I viewed that for a really long time. That's how I read that text that we were something other. But what if super victory isn't the purpose of the text? What if that isn't the goal? What if conquering isn't even really the point anymore? What if Paul is trying to tell us we are something other than conquerors? Because when we back up and see what these things, because we'll have these things in the conquerors, these things are really bad things. It says, now in all these things we are more than conquerors. And these things are hardship and distress and persecution and famine and nakedness and peril and sword. And then Paul quotes David in the Psalms and says, For your sake we are being killed all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. Almost as to say, you know all of these bad things. You know all this horrible stuff that has happened for as long as we can remember. That happened to our ancestors. That happened to our father David. Do you know all of these bad things? Well, I'm not promising you that any of it's going to stop. And I'm not promising you that there's going to be victory. I'm promising you that the God of the whole universe will love us in the midst of it. That neither death nor life nor rulers or things present or anything in all creation, that nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God. That the love of God is bigger than those things and can hold you in the middle of it. That the love of God can see your distress and your peril and your nakedness and your shame and say you are not alone. We are something other than conquerors we are something better than conquerors we are held we are held by the love of god i read an article this week from this nonprofit group that goes into prisons and teaches inmates how to bake it was a really interesting article it's from the uk and i wanted to read a little bit of it to you today It says the GBB, which is the name of the organization, started to spread kindness but then realized what an amazing impact that the volunteers had. And she began to wonder how ways to foster kindness and prisons seem like a natural fit. If you give people more opportunities to be kind, they'll probably take it. For the volunteers, when you receive a call to teach prisoners to bake, it's a little daunting because you have all these forms and checks and training and all these things that you have to do. We had to be taught how not to be manipulated and what to do if you were held hostage. So it was difficult. But when we put out the call, the response for volunteers was overwhelming. And we began to work in these prisons and do everything from literacy to life skills to hobbies to religious services. And the role of volunteers is crucial in helping prisoners prepare for life on the outside. They help prisoners learn skills which can help them gain employment and support themselves upon release to stay connected with their communities and provide a positive support network. Ultimately, this helps reduce the likelihood of recidivism and keeps our communities safe. One volunteer explains... Why don't, sorry, why we don't, we don't ask why they're here. 
We don't ask why they're here. Instead, we help them through their first recipe. For many of these guys, basic skills like properly measuring an even cup of flour must be taught. But they're happy to learn. And we talk about what we do in the community with the things that they bake because we take their baking to women's shelters. And one baker named John nervously asked, do the women know where it comes from? They do. They always do. When the cookies were ready, we divvied up the bounty, filling two boxes for the shelters and then leaving some aside for the men to try later. They reached over and grabbed all of their cookies and shifted them into the boxes for the women. The women need it more, they said. They need it more than we do. And then we asked them to write a little note to accompany the baking. What do you think they would want to hear from a man like you? Can you put yourself in the women's shoes? And John began to dictate, after every dark night, we must believe there is a bright tomorrow. After every dark night, we must believe that there is a bright tomorrow. See, there is something about knowing that you are loved and cared for that changes your behavior and your outlook on life. See, there are probably some negative behaviors that contributed to these men being in prison, more than likely. But when they encountered love from volunteers that shouldn't have cared about them, when they encountered love from people that sacrificially gave of their time and their effort and their energy, their outlook changed. I think some of us have been in church for so long that we have given lip service to our understanding to the love of God, but we have not allowed it to free us. At some point, we have to admit that when we really encounter the love of Jesus, it should liberate us to love others. Because it's when we see the love of God in our own lives and in the stories that no one knows about, in those dark nooks and crannies of our hearts with all those skeletons in our closet that we don't tell our friends about, that we then realize how deep the love of God is. When we feel God's love, not just in overlooking our brokenness, but embracing our brokenness and sitting with us in it. Who are we then to deny that love of God to anybody else? God loves us wholly and unconditionally. And if we've done nothing to be separated from that love, surely our neighbor is just as able to not be separated from the love of God either. Surely they're just as worthy as we are. Surely they're just as unworthy as we are. And that realization is holy a liberation. It is a freeing realization that God doesn't determine our worth from our holiness or our spirituality or our predestination, whatever that means. God determines our worth through love, the love that he has for us and us alone, a love that is unending, a love that is never giving up, a love that weighs our goodness and counts our worth, and we try to discount others, and it pushes it all the side, and it says, I love you anyway. Or I love you because of it. And it's freeing to be able to step out of the accounting line of do we measure up and just love. It is freeing to be able to step out of all that and say it doesn't matter. We just love. I picked this song by William Matthews because of a personal experience I have surrounding the song. As many of you know, this last weekend I went to a conference and um, the last service was a communion service. 
and all of the speakers from the conference took communion elements and and posted up in different uh, stations, I guess you would say, around this hockey arena. And so they're all in these, surrounded us in like a big circle almost. And uh, like to my left was Barbara Brown Taylor and to my right was Pete Enns and Nadia Boltz Weber was right in front of me. And if you don't know who that is, then um, you're not as big of a Christian book nerd as I am. Um, But uh, but it's a bunch of Christian authors that I've always admired and they're all standing around ready to give us communion. And as the song began to play, 2,500 people stood up and just began to mill around and make their way to a communion space and the song began to play and it was almost like an anthem for our communion event that said all that love dares us to see we will all be free through the darkness we will know that we will all be free and I'm climbing up these steps to the back portion of the arena and I come to the station and the woman with the bread handed me this piece of bread and puts it in my hand she said this is Christ's body And then the next woman that I went to, she was holding a cup, and I have done communion, served communion, done this long enough. I know the words that are about to come out of this woman's mouth, but they were different. And she said, this is the cup of love that is held for you. And with tears in my eyes, I partake the communion, and I head back to my seat. And it was almost as if God's self was meeting me in that moment, In a time where I normally hear words about salvation and sacrifice and blood, I heard about the love of God. And as we read Romans 8, God wants us to know that it's not all about conquering, that it's about loving. That, That we are loved, that you are loved, and that love liberates us. It frees us to love our neighbor. It frees us to love ourselves. It frees us to love each other. So my prayer for you today, if you could take away one thing from our time together, is that you never stop knowing how much God loves you. That you never stop knowing how much God loves you. Let us pray.